Welcome to Sunday Night Church here at Broadway Baptist Church. Exciting day to be in the house of the Lord, coming here from the uh, pulpit of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. I hope you are able to have a dynamic worship experience, drawing close, coming to know the Lord. The Lord loves you, and He has brought you here with a purpose, a great purpose for that. If you're uh, tuning in, when you're watching this, um, we want to get the word out about it. Make sure you hit share. Make sure you make a comment. That way it creates excitement. Maybe check in from where you're at listening from. Maybe uh, you're somewhere in Lexington or beyond. It's a great way to uh, let other folks know. I believe uh, sermons, worship services, uh, anything of the religious nature is what we need to be as Christians promoting, advocating for on the Internet. Today's a little bit uh, unique. We are, st we are in... We're going through on Sunday nights, we're going through the book of Acts, but today's we're taking an exception, and the reason why is because just like if you remember this morning, we talked about the doctrine of worship. What does it mean to worship the Lord? This is kind of part two of that. So we're going to be looking at our Bibles, a couple of scripture passages. So I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. 2 Thessalonians 2, 5 through 12. I'm going to drink my Milo's tea here, and we are about to read the living Word of God. Look what it says. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this. And you know what currently restrains him, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. But the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth. And will bring him to nothing. At the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's workings. With all kinds, look at this, of false miracles, signs, and wonders. And with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth. And so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie. So that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth, but delighted in unrighteousness. Now, many of you just read this verse and you're thinking, Pastor, what on earth does this have to do with worship? How does this scripture here, which is talking about the Antichrist, talking about the end times, how does this have to do with worship? I believe it has everything to do with worship. During the end times, people will shift their belief from the one and true God 
their belief from worshiping the Lord all of a sudden to believing the lie. And we want to answer the question, have we believed the lie? What is the lie? How does it contain worship? Well, first of all, we have to define what is worship. Worship is when we come and we are engaged. God engages us and he allows us. Only he can do it. Only he can make it possible. He allows us to worship him. And we're going to see here how to worship the Lord. But what happens is this scripture passage is telling us that if we aren't careful, there is this deception that's coming. Look at verse 10. Throw it up here on the screen here. I want to show you verse 10 because this is what it is. We're getting this, uh, this worldly, this spirit of lawlessness this man of lawlessness, this great deceiver is headed this way. And this is what will happen. And with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. Who are those who are perishing? These are people who are dying without Jesus Christ. They have believed the lie. The lie is that they did not accept. They did not choose to worship. They did not live for Jesus. And it says here, they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. When someone fails to receive Jesus, when someone fails and does not respond to the gospel, they have believed the lie. They have fallen for it. And you and I as believers, Christ is speaking to us. And he's telling us that we want to make sure that we haven't fallen for it. And it says here that the Lord Jesus, look at verse 8. Before we move on, I want to bring this up. Verse 8. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth, mouth and bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. This big lie, the deception that's coming, the spirit of wickedness and evil that's all in this world right here, it will soon end. How will it end? At the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will come back. He will breathe with his mouth. And Satan, the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, will cease to exist. The spirit of deception that's all around us. So what is the spirit of deception? What is this lie? What does this mean when people do not follow the Lord? There is an ongoing struggle for your soul. The devil, he wants you to worship him. And now, how do you say, Pastor, how do you do that? You worship the devil by living for yourself. 
You worship the devil by selfishness. You worship the devil by living a self-righteous, prideful, arrogant life where you believe that you are the center of the universe. It's dangerous because everywhere around us, it's like this. Look at this. These things right here, the thing in your pocket right now, what you're watching this Sunday night worship services on, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a temptation where you want to believe, you want to feel that what I say is important. What I believe is important. People need to hear from me. There is this, this draw, this push from the evil one that's telling you, that's deceiving you by thinking what you know, what you believe is what's most important. And Jesus Christ is telling us, don't buy the lie. Do not fall for the deception. The deception is where we feel we can live for ourselves. Jesus Christ is asking you and I to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'm going to show you those two sections here. And the truth part of what we see here is we need to know what we believe. Because if we, do not, if we are not grounded in the word of God, if we are not grounded in the proper doctrine of worship, we will believe the lie. Do you know what happened here in 2 Thessalonians? Paul, on his, if you remember a few weeks ago, on his second missionary journey, he went to an area called Thessalonica. And that's in uh, current day northern Greece, an area called, uh, used to be called Macedonia. He went there and planted his church. Had a lot of problems like he always did. They ran him out of town. You know, he had to move on. Then even he went to another city and people still kept stirring him up. But what we have to understand is Paul was steadfast. He did not sway from his truth of God's word. Look at this quote up here. The moment we veer from what is true about God, we are engaging in idolatry. This is so important. This is why studying this passage on 2 Thessalonians, studying the deception and studying the lie that we could possibly buy into, if we are not grounded in biblical truth, if we, aren't, if we don't know what and why we believe it, we will find ourselves veering and actually not engaging in worship. We're actually engaging in idolatry. It is possible to worship the devil by basically being a self-centered, self-righteous, a man who lives for himself. The guy who believes the lie has bought it. I mean, think about it. Listen to this, church. I want you to follow me. Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden. Eve starts a conversation with the walking, talking serpent. Did God really say you can't eat of that fruit? Did God really say anytime somebody puts the word really in a question they're trying to get a certain type of answer 
And then Eve misquotes God. She said, God says, you can't, we can't eat of it or touch it or we will die. And do you know what the serpent says? You will not die. There it is. All lies, all deception, all deceit is of the devil. Satan is the great liar. Only deceit is found in him. And if you remember what the devil said to Eve, he goes on to add and says, For God knows that if you eat of this fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There it was. Eve, you can be like God. The world is about you. You can be the center of the universe. You have restrictions and you need to shake them off of you. That is the lie. What happens is God asked Adam and Eve to follow one rule. Do not eat from the fruit in the middle of the garden. That was it. That's it. The only rule. And they did not obey it. They broke it. They believed the lie. And what is, what is our ongoing fight for us today? The lie that we battle against is who today will I worship? Will I worship the Lord? Will I, will I be a believer that says, God, I am going to live for you and live a life of righteousness for you. I'm going to be set apart for you. I'm going to be different than other folks. I'm going to work. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be a doer of the word of God. Or am I going to live for myself? Tonight, there's all these folks around here, outside. Not inside the sanctuary, they're outside. And they're living for themselves. Lostness essentially means I am living on my own. Christ is not in my life. I'm lost. I'm trying to get through my life here in Lexington, Kentucky without Jesus Christ guiding me. That's what it means to be spiritually lost. When you're spiritually lost, the Bible says you are condemned because Christ is not guiding you. You have bought the lie. People who bought the lie is they're actually worshiping the devil. Most folks on earth, Jesus tells us, will be lost. The way, the path, the road to destruction is wide. Very few people find the way to righteousness. Now I have another scripture up here on the board about worship. You know, zeroing in more. It's in John chapter 4, verse 23. Look what it says up here on the screen. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, this is interesting. Jesus is having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And it's amazing how the conversation shifts because Jesus knew her background. And it shifted all of a sudden to worship. 
And he goes on to say, because she made this comment about how our fathers used to worship on this mountain. And then Jesus says, let me tell you about worship. An hour's coming. There's going to be a day, and that day is now, in 2020, where true worshipers, if you want to be a true worshiper, don't miss that word true worshiper. If there's true worshipers, that means there's also false worshipers. False worshipers are people who think they're worshiping the Lord, but they're not. When you come to worship God, do you just view worship as the singing part that David Dell and Chris Wright do in the sanctuary? Is worship the part where you're looking at the hymnal, you're looking at the words up on the screen? Worship is our engagement with the Lord. And I think the question I want to answer is many folks are at home right now. You're in quarantine. You're practicing social distancing. And um, you have to say, well, how can I worship the Lord while at home? And the real answer is, we worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus tells us here, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, when you and I get saved, God puts His Holy Spirit inside of us. The truth is the truth of God's Word. So when you come to church, when you're sitting in front of your TV, you have a, if you're saved, God has enabled you and I to be able to worship Him. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And I have my Bible, which is the true Word of God. And I want to come and approach the Father. You look, look who we worship. We worship the Father by His Spirit and the God's truth. We don't worship the lie. We aren't fake or false worshipers. We don't worship ourselves. Worship is not about you and I. The audience is God the Father. The audience is the Father. This Bible verse tells us literally what God wants of you and I. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God desires your worship. He has a passion for His people to be filled with the Spirit of God and to boldly come to Him with the Word of God and engage Engage Him in knowing Him more. I want you to know, when you don't go to church, when you don't engage with the Lord, it literally saddens God. Because He says, yes, the Father, my Father, God, wants people to worship Him. God is envious of our worship. He desires it. And he's constantly fighting against other worldly, selfish desires that people do. Tonight, Jesus is inviting you to worship him. Tonight, Jesus is looking for true worshipers. Does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? Are you guided by the Holy Spirit? Do you come 
Do you know, I'm so proud of our church. You know, every service, we have scripture reading from Zach, from Chris, David. They're up here reading God's word. Why would they do that? Because it's true. True worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. Now look at the next verse. Verse 24. I have it up here on the screen. God is spirit. He is. That's the Holy Spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The only way we come to God, the only way we know God, is by worshiping him in this manner. You want to know the Lord? You, you, you know what you believe. You want to know the Lord? You understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life. Where does the Holy Spirit lead us? He leads us to worship him. It's God's plan for you to come to worship. Every Sunday, he wants his people in his house. It's a sin not to worship God. God wants us to live a life that is centered around him. That is one throughout the week. You've been praying for your pastor. You've been praying for your music minister. You've been praying for God to move. You're praying for this broadcast. You're praying for God's word to go out on the internet and see people saved, lives being changed. I'm inviting you to engage in worship with the Lord. I have another little quote up here on the board. It says, When we fail to learn the truth about God, we are saying we want our own Jesus. What that means, if I don't take the time and take the energy and take the effort to learn and invest in the Lord, I'm telling the Lord, God, I want what I believe. I want my priorities. I want what's best for me. And God is saying, listen, God is saying, you want to know the Lord? You need to know what God says. And he says, I will be worshipped. True worshipers worship in this manner. I have another scripture here. Go ahead and turn your Bible to John chapter 6, verse 43. This is when Jesus talked about being the bread of life. About the importance of God drawing us to himself. Do you know, when we talk about worship, we, a lot of times, church was just talking about the singing part. But this is more. God draws us. There's a part that he is pulling us. There's an invitation to come to him, and we respond. You ever been in a, you ever been in a church service, and you know the Lord is, is speaking to you? He wants you to respond. He wants you to act. He wants you to do something for the Lord. There's a response to God. Look up here on your screen. Or in your Bible. John 6, 43. Jesus answered them, Stop grumbling among themselves. Have you been grumbling lately? You've been sitting at home, you haven't maybe been to a worship service yet. You're just anxious to return. Ready to get back in God's house. Tired of wearing these things right here. It's just not the same. Christ is telling us Christ is commanding us 
that our lives should not be one of complaining and grumbling and griping. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. God is the one who actually, look at this, that draws us to himself. We are drawn to the gospel. We are drawn to Jesus. And on that last day, the last day is either when we die or the second coming. When you pass away, you will go up and be with the Lord. No one comes to the Father. So what happens is this is what we call the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God is convicting people of their sins. He's putting in their hearts their desire and their need for being saved, for being redeemed, for experiencing God's grace, for knowing the Lord more. And He's saying, I'm drawing Him. And I, I'll raise Him up. You respond to the Lord because He drew you here. It's no accident you're listening to this. It's no accident that the Lord is doing a mighty work in your life. God brought you to himself. We choose to respond. God is completely sovereign. We are completely responsible. God's sovereignty, man's responsibility. And I want to encourage you not to err on either one of those sides. Don't just say, oh, God will do it. Or I need to do it. God works and I respond. I respond to the Lord. I believe the Lord is working among you, among the people. I believe great revival can happen. Looking at the doctrine of worship, I want you to see the importance of knowing what you believe. I had one more verse here, verse 45. Here it is. And it is written in the prophets. So Jesus is quoting here the prophets. And they will all be taught by God. Do you know who the best teacher is? Do you know who needs to teach us about worship? Do you know who wants to engage us in knowing God more? God does. He's your teacher. Everyone who has listened and learned from the Father comes to me. This evening, I'm asking you to learn from God. I'm asking you to be obedient and to know Him. Jesus Christ is the best teacher of worship. What is worship? It's when nothing else matters. It's our engagement with God. He is the object of it. It's not just the singing part. You come to a worship service. We worship through the Lord, through, through the Word. When we read our Bibles... And we are focused on Him. We're in our maybe our homes. You can worship the Lord. Jesus says where two or three are gathered in, in, um, in my name, there I am amidst them. Jesus Christ can even be present in a small gathering at your home. Worship service doesn't need to be a lot of folks. It can be any number of people. But Jesus Christ 
is the object. It's not about what you think. It's not about what the message that maybe you won't teach or or preach. You want to come to a worship service with an open heart where you say, God, I want to hear from you. I'm here at this church. I've come here this morning. I'm sitting in this pew. Hear a message from the Lord. I'm listening to it on my podcast, listening to it on Facebook. Facebook. Jesus, speak to me. Will you say that tonight? Say, Jesus, speak to me. I want to, I want to hear what you have to say. And I want to tell you, you have that type of attitude. You start responding to the gospel that way. Responding to Jesus that way. I promise, he'll start answering your prayers. You'll start being moved by the Holy Spirit. You'll have opportunities to start being a witness and invite people to church. God will start giving you strength that you need. He's calling and crying out and begging for worshipers today. He wants His people to worship Him. i got two more quotes up here on the board. Look at this. We can only worship God through the Father. God the Father through Christ. That's it. You do not worship the Lord. You do not come to know the Lord, but except for by Jesus. The last thing here. Just because someone attends a church building, and that's what we're in right now, this is a church building, I'm in the church building, does not mean the worship of the Father is occurring inside. There are many liberal churches, many churches that do not believe this book right here. And they met this morning, and they talked about racial, racial problems. They talked about how to stay safe with the coronavirus. They talked about how to be a good citizen of the USA. They talked about how to vote in the upcoming election in Kentucky. They also went on about how you can be a good parent. Do you know what Jesus is asking from you and I? Do you know what worship involves? Worship. God the Father is, if it is not based on what Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus taught in this book, we aren't worshiping God the Father. You worship the Father Through the Son. Jesus died for your sins. So when I come to church, when I come to worship, what I'm saying is, God, I'm a sinner. I need to repent of my sins. I need to trust in You. I come with dirty hands. Lord, only You can cleanse and purify me. And Lord, I I respond to you. There is a response. All these other things are important. And it's important to vote. You need to wear your mask. Racial reconciliation. But listen, only Jesus can heal our nation. Jesus wants all races, people everywhere on earth to worship him. White, black, blue, green, whatever your color is. He's drawing men and women to the cross. Tonight I'm asking you to respond to him.
Will you understand that what you believe matters? I think there's a lot of church buildings. There's a lot of so-called worship services that are occurring. But if you remember that verse we read in 2 Thessalonians, they believed the lie. People can worship everything but the Lord. How do we worship the Lord? In spirit and in truth. How do we not worship the Lord? We have believed the lie. Worship, church, is not about social change. It's not about good living. It's not about parenting. It's not about giving money. It's about coming to the presence of God, believing the truth of God, and having to focus on Him, and engaging, and allowing Him to speak to us. He draws us to Himself, and we respond. Christ wants you to respond. Christ is calling you tonight. He's calling you and your family to say yes to Him. Will you respond to Jesus? Are you under conviction of sin? Have you sinned against the Lord by being disobedient? Failing to repent? Knowing the lifestyle and the actions you're taking are wrong. Jesus came to tell us we're sinners. He came to save us so that we don't believe the lie. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to repeat after me if you want to get saved. I want you to lift your hands up. Dear Jesus, I've believed the lie. I'm trusting you. I ask for you to cleanse me and to save me. Lord, restore my soul. Make me new. I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed and received Jesus tonight, I want to hear from you. Send me an email. Send me a message. Make a comment on this Facebook post. And I will be able to follow up and be able to let you know what it means to rest your life, to no longer worship the lie, live for the lie, but instead worship God and live for the truth. Thank you for joining us. I will see you Wednesday evening for a Bible study.